One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Redman TV for the final word. Uh, I'm Paul Machen, Chris Pajak, and Ben Kelly joined me for this one as well. Um, this slightly truncated show this week because obviously we've got the Champions League draw coming up. We want to do that live. That's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> Chris, I said that with match reaction. It, bear, it bears repeating because it's no less true. Um, it's a really, really, really good job that what for the crap because they should have absolutely buried us at the weekend. I'm not sure about buried us, but. And I don't think they were crap, to be honest with you. I think they were really, really, really crap in, in front, front of goal. goal. And that and that's where it boiled down to. Then obviously you got Sarah, you got the core mission, absolute fucking golden chances. Um but Liverpool did what they needed to do, like we like we've seen so often this season, haven't we? And it doesn't matter whether it's Watford or whether it is anybody else. Liverpool just win games of football. And did you see Jermaine Genus talking on Five Live yesterday about it and how annoyed he seems to be about how Liverpool are so good and yet they're not playing that well. And that's kind of what it comes down to, I think. It's just now... Still bitter about the Champions League final. Oh, he's, 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 he's like a tissue of a man. <laughs> uh, he's a fucking wet lettuce, isn't he? Um, completely fucking useless. Uh, and he was during his playing career as well, to be honest with you. Um, this is coming from a lad who had no playing career, of course, but still... Well, you've had plenty of distance to judge. Exactly. <laughs> I've probably watched more football than he's he has. probably a nice fella, to be fair. But um, yeah, I, I, when you see a number of historically bad football shells, they often come from the likes of most of the BBC pundits, to be fair. Um, yeah, look, the point's, the point's right, isn't it, Ben, is that, look, Watford's finishing was amongst the most woeful. I'm still, I've, I, you know, I've watched those highlights back half a dozen times now, and every time the ball drops to Decore or drops to Sar. I, it, it, it's a goal. It's just a goal. Just it, just hit the target, do anything. The fact that they have two of those where they completely and utterly miscue it or whatever is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sensational. That's our one in particular where it goes backwards. Because the angle me, behind yeah, it. Well, yeah, because we, 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 we were sat in a similar seat we to me. We went forwards. I couldn't figure out what had happened. I was, and then everybody cheered and I'm going, oh, he's just he's just sliced that. He's just he's just completely... And then, and then the other one comes across it and it goes over the bar. It's bizarre because Watford have a lot of good players in terms of... You know, Ducor is a good player. De La Faye is a good player. I've not seen enough of Sar to really comment, but yeah. that's what I've seen of him now. So I've made the executive decision he's not very good. He's shit forever because we saw him at Anfield once. Oh, yeah, 100%. Is he the one that was the video in the tunnel? Was it afterwards? Yeah, with Mane. They called him a shy... Saying he's a shy boy. He's a good boy. Look after him to Troy and all that. Good boy, shy. Boy, yeah. like, yeah, not a very there. good finisher. He's fucking <laughs> front of the goal, so you see if you can teach him anything. Actually, maybe not you. But they created, they created a fair few chances. You know, there's, there's one inside the first five minutes where I think it might be Saro Decore. They cross it in for Dini, who should, yeah. do, should do better. Allison makes a couple of good saves in the second half. There's one before.
before the offside goal, which I'm sure we'll come on to, where you know I think I think Saar has to go through and and. and Alisson has to make a save, so that you know they, they were creating chances, and and uh, I messaged you know one of the group chats at the minute half times going, they, they've caused us some problems here, but they're just rubbish in front of goal. It's just they're just lacking that extra bit of quality, yeah. and if they go down that season this season, I think yeah. that'll be the downfall. The, for the them. mad thing for me is that like you've got Liverpool now, we've got three clean sheets on the bounce, and that was probably the worst we've defended all season long yeah. yesterday, yeah. and it kind of sh- shows you that clean sheets don't actually count for too much do they because yeah. you can have you can be really good and can yeah. see the goal and you can be really shit and not I had a few thoughts around that game in similar vein it was like the assist like assist goals and assists and you got all oh, goals and assists like Divock Origi's got an assist in this game we'll talk about that goal more but it's like you you when you, you judge players based solely on I say based solely on the stats the, the misleading you can always sit on from the 100%. Definitely meant that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not having it any other way. Yeah, absolutely. We, are, we don't exist on the same plane as Divock Origi. Yeah. We cannot possibly know what was going through his head. <laughs> I think what he was really doing, he was he was bantering the core and saw and getting an assist at the same oh, time. Yeah. If you're going to miss, miss, miss right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I thought it was interesting, um, Ben, Nigel Pearson's comments after the match that he talked about. His, no his one's ever said setup. that before, Paul. No, <laughs> no, no one's ever said <laughs> Nigel Pearson's comments were interesting. <laughs> but he... Um, but he said about his, his tactical setup. He was like, "You just can't come here and park the bus for ninety minutes." He said, "We had to make a point of coming out and trying to cause Liverpool problems." And you know, I'd said it. I think it's in the build-up show. He's, he's he's spot on. You know, all the teams that have tried to take it to us are the teams that have given us the most mm-hmm. the most difficulties this season. If, you, if you're, we've gone to a level now where, by and large, if you're going to sit back and defend, we'll, we'll just pick it apart. Yeah. Eventually, we'll find a way to do it. Um, whereas I don't, I still think you, know, you see it with Man City and obviously with us as well. You're still damned if you do, damned if you don't. Exactly, though, aren't you? but so, but you might, so you might as well yeah. go swinging. And that's the, the thing yeah. about that is, you know, we're one nil up, and and it's the point you make it, it, just before the, the disallowed goal. Alisson makes a big save prior to that. Mm. They've had chances prior. To that. Liverpool could have been a goal, or you know, could have been a goal behind on a number of different occasions during that game, or it could have been level mm. on any number of occasions. Now, I'm not saying we wouldn't have gone on and won it because we've got that in our locker, certainly. But yeah, you know, it's another example. Like Norwich did the same to us as well. Just came, you know, got battered, but yeah. gave, gave us I a think, real go. I think a lot of teams now, we, we are definitely in that same bracket of Man City, particularly away, where they just kind of treat the game as a free hit. It, you know, it's a, it's a game treated in isolation. It's, when, when they look back at the context of their season, you know, if they do go down, they're not going to go, well, you know, we should have taken three points. You know, it's it's one of them where you know you go, you create chances, and and if you if you come away having lost as you expected to, yeah. then you know they've come away probably. Okay, there's there's a couple of chances there that they thought maybe we could have got a point, but they're probably made up to just lose two 0 to be honest. Because yeah. if they still had the blinking Flores in charge, it, it probably you know it was, it was so disorganised yeah. it could have been five or six. Yeah, I always think that you know if if I was a fan of of a team who'd come up who would or who were down there. Um, during the course of the season, I'd much rather just see them go for three than go for one, mm-hmm. and th- and that's what it comes down to because you're just as likely to lose if you go for one because you're not, yeah. the, the, you know, you're relying so much on keeping a clean sheet at that point. Yeah. What I find interesting is I, I actually think this is a really interesting part of the season where teams can do that towards the back end of the season when people start thinking about goal difference, they stop going for those three points and they start going mm-hmm. for the points. And have you got and the legs become, to do it as well? 
Exactly. So I think this is a really tricky part of the season because of the games, but also because the teams are still willing to go for three points at this point. Yeah, no, definitely. The one thing I don't know, I've not really seen it mentioned in many places, Ben, but the, the wind played a massive part in how the game was played. The amount of times players lost the flight of the ball mm. or, it, or it shifted so Joe Gomez got stuck a couple of times it wouldn't shock me if you know you think about it there's three efforts on goal at the cop end where it all missed but you know but completely yeah. miscued Divock Origi's you know is technically one of them although it is a great assist um, so but it, it, I don't know how much that pick, it, it, it translated to the telly but there was loads of times when the ball just got it just was even the goal even, I think even Salah's goal I think I think the wind catches it because Foster I don't know. Foster seems to come, which I don't, which I don't understand why, because he, seem, he seems to come out a little bit. But he, the way he sort of stays rooted is like it looks as if he thinks it's going wide or something, and then it seems to bend back in. So yeah, there was a. I didn't really notice it as much at the time, to be honest. But having, you know, to, to go back to your point about it coming across on the telly, having watched match of the day, actually, I, I noticed a few more incidents where I think you know that that incident where. Joe Gomez kind of, as you said there, I think he kind of heads it, doesn't he? I think he just loses what he's doing, whether he, whether he just takes his eye off the ball as well or what. I'm not, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think it did. I think it did have a have, a, have an impact. Well, maybe let's, on let's talk well. about Joe Gomez, Chris. Um, I thought, I Superb. thought, yeah, I thought by and large, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, there's a, there's a few, he has a few sticky moments in the game. A couple of them caused by the wind, I think. Couple of them caused by Troy who I think got slightly more change out of him than he than he got out of Virgil Van Dijk on the day. But um, in terms of the things that you want Joe Gomez doing, my concern over him this season, and we've not seen a lot of him, is that I I don't know that he's not being groomed as Virgil Van Dijk's understudy in the in, in yeah. the long term, and I don't think we need two Virgil Van Dijk's in our, in, in our back four as much as that sounds wonderful. You know, you know what I. For the longest time, I would have agreed with you, and it's only through thinking about it and watching him, and I realised that maybe our view is slightly skewed on that, because I think for years we've always seen this one lad who's going to put his body on the line, and one lad who's the cool, calm, hippie style defender, and the other one's the honcho, or the Carragher, or something like that, yeah. but we've never really seen a team with two Virgils, mm. um, and the reason is, there isn't. There isn't enough centre backs like that yeah. go round all the top sides. So I, I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I think they can actually do that because Virgil can be aggressive when he needs to be. Joe can be aggressive when he needs to be. They can both drop off. They can both play the ball. I think it actually gives you maybe a little bit of an advantage if you've got two players like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that we don't ever really see teams play like that. Yeah, my, my, my point is because I think I think you're dead right because we've seen it with Matip because I think Matip is, is is a bit. We talked about him being the prototype. For Virgil and what we wanted, he's quite cool. He's calm on the ball, etc., etc. I mean, I mean, in attitude, in, in terms of, I wonder whether Gomez is trying to, trying to carry himself a bit like Van Van Dijk. You, you actually need, he doesn't have to bomb around the place because he's so good. Whereas I think unless until you get to the level of Virgil Van Dijk's ability, you actually have to you have to put a bit more. It's like you know you see those lads who. You think that showing how good you are is, is taking more time in what you do sometimes, whereas you just need to get the fundamentals right. And I think Gomez's game actually works to the best when he is still being the guy who's in behind Virgil. He does when he does a lot of the a lot of the day. I wonder whether he's just been slightly lax. And like you look at Virgil and go, "Oh well, 
that's how I carry myself. It's like, well, he can carry himself because he's the fucking best defender centre half in the world. I, I, I don't know, to be honest, Paul. Maybe you're right on that one. Um, I, I just, I just know that I like the way that he carries himself, and I like the way that you know he's got that sort of burst when he needs to to, to get back and get the ball in, but also that willingness to throw his body on the line. Um, you know, with be that a sliding tackle or a block or something like that. We saw all of that. Yeah. Um, at the weekend, I mean, everyone will talk about the couple of mistakes he's made in the passing game, um, but. For me, it's the passes that probably no one... They're not making any compilations, but there was a ball that he played from the right edge of our penalty area into Shakiri through three players, and I'm like, that's outstanding. It's not going to make a highlight package, mm. but Shakiri's just able to flick it onto Trent and we're on the attack. It's that type of stuff that I really enjoy because I know that he's breaking through the press when he does it, and he's got much more ability to be able to do that than Dejan Lovren. Matip's really good at it as well, yeah. to be fair. I, I couldn't tell you who was better at it, mm-hmm. but, but also I think... Joe's speed is a, is a really useful asset to have. Yeah, com- completely agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. He was just he was good, and the problem he's had this season in particular, Ben, he's either played poorly or the games that he's been in, he's not really had a chance to shine. Mm. This was a really good game for him because yeah. he has all those moments. He's got those pictures. There's two moments. There's one where he tracks back into the left-back position and wins it. And there's one where he's in a foot, a straight foot race, yeah. comes across and, and, and wins the ball. In fact, and there's another block as well inside, inside yeah, the Yeah, two of them were with Saar, weren't yeah. they, as well? Um, and those are the moments that stand out and make you go, yeah. That's that's just how good a defender he is. Yeah, he was. I thought I thought he was brilliant, and I think we discussed on the instant match reaction um, that that you know that was probably the first performance we've seen that was probably at a similar level as prior to the injury. You know, if you think about some of the games that, that he played prior to that, prior to breaking his leg, and it's been it's been a it's been a long road back for him. Probably probably we probably underrated how difficult of an injury it was to come back from. To be honest, because you know I think he had a couple of setbacks along the way, and it was all going so well for him. Joel Matip took his place and started playing really well you know he would have played in a Champions League final you know, he probably would have started that you know there's, there's all these things add up and then you know there, there's been a couple of games this season I didn't think he was particularly great against Salzburg at home you know I, I, I've been informed that he wasn't great against Napoli at home either you know I, I didn't get to see that game but this was the first time really and, and whether or not it's the quality of the opposition having an effect we'll, we'll see but it's all you've got to start somewhere, you know. You've got to, you've got to. We've got games coming up that, he, that we're going to need him to play well, and you know we've got yeah. some big games coming up this week. And then obviously one eye now is pretty much on that Leicester game on Boxing Day, and, and we're going to need him to play well there. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's this is this is not like if we had to drop Seth Vandenberg in, Chris. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a this is a lad who has <coughs> maybe not con- like conclusively proven himself but he's played he's played he's played well at centre half before he's not an unknown quantity so like you know we were talking about again to want the build for this game no one was asked but go oh, gomez is going to come in we all wanted to see gomez and it was it was just on him it's all on him now he's got yeah. the opportunity he's just going to take it yeah i think joe is almost a victim of his own success at times because He's 22 years old. Centre-arts aren't supposed to perform at the level yeah. that he was performing mm. at last season. Yeah. Prior to the injury at 21 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, And now he's 22 and he, he's still able to put those types of performances together. And, Joe's agent, right? Um, yeah, exactly. No problem. <laughs> I'll take a sweetener for you, mate. I'll talk about Joe Gomez all day. Um, and I think that you know, centre-arts don't normally hit their peak until 26, 27, 28 maybe even. I wonder what level he's going to be at when he gets to that stage, especially playing next to Van Dijk for so long. Van Dijk wasn't this good at 22. No, no. he wasn't. 
if he can stay injury free as well, you know, because that that's the one concern with him, isn't it? Yeah. Just you know, I know that obviously the, the the broken leg was a bad tackle and and those things happen, but he has had his injury problems as well. So if he go, does stay fully fit, you're right, you know, he's he's going to be he's going to be absolutely brilliant, and yeah. then he's going to be the type as well who. Obviously, we t all the time now we talk about well, who's playing alongside Van Dyke, and and can Van Dyke, you know, coach Lovren through a game? You know, you know, if, if you've got players, but then you've got Joe Gomez, who at one point might become the Van Dyke of the team, and then you've got the likes of Van Denberg and you know other other young centre backs who will be coming through, yeah. who will then improve by playing alongside Joe Gomez, and yeah. I'm surely that's the plan. Absolutely, it's like succession plan, isn't it? It's what. Great teams mm. have in place, but Man United were amazing at doing through the through the nineties and, uh, and noughties and what have you. No, we're really encouraging, and I think the good mentality to have with Gomez is to remember, like he'd never, he basically never played centre half for us until the start of last season. Mm. You know, when we, we, we were talking in pre season, being like, not really sure he'll start centre half this season. He's probably still going to be mainly right back, blah, blah blah. And then he started the season, and we're going into every game, going looking at who he was up against, and going, I wonder how he'll handle himself against this guy and this guy because the, the the historic historically in the last, well, the last 10 years say big barely target men have been Liverpool's Achilles heel you know Benteke's mm. et al Didi yeah, yeah exactly guys, exactly yeah. you know and, and again it, it, go start looking at these games start looking at these players he's up against and seeing how he conducts himself because you know last the start of last season he was impeccable against all these lads and I say his ceiling is very very high indeed Chris losing Genie Wan Alden was a major kick in the teeth um, it meant we had to play 4-2-3-1 Paul well you know, we, we've been playing 4-2-3-1 not that you'd know by watching the LFC TV coverage <laughs> right here's the thing I get it getting it wrong in the build up to a match yeah. but you put the highlights package out just change it just change it after the fact. No one else, every other major production company will do that. Like, you know, match the day won't have it wrong for the some of our more often than not won't have it wrong. Um yeah, so if you anyone from LFC TV watching, I know you must be because you've robbed all of ideas over the last ten years. But um the um Oof, probably best. Um yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they don't change my mind to be up more <laughs> than come in every Monday morning and watch the highlights back and it's like that's just not not Liverpool, I um, it works for Shakiri. I think you can say argue it works for Salah. Um, yeah. I my, are we back in this situation, or are we going to be back in this situation where we're questioning Roberto Firmino again? Because I remember this time last year, you went staunchly on his defence and saying what a great job he was doing in the ten. I've got a feeling Bobby Firmino is kind of running on empty at the moment. I'm going to take the same position as last time. I think you know it's very difficult to disagree with the fact that he's not playing as well as he has been. He probably does look a little bit tired. His touch is the thing for me that's really letting him down at the moment, and that's probably his best asset mm -hmm. most of the time. Um, yeah, that mad little like pirouette spin thing in the first half, mm. which was vintage Bobby Firmino. But I think he's dead right. And again, I feel like this, it's tough because. He's not scoring goals, and he's not. He's, he's, he's now. If we're playing a four-two-three-one, he's further away from the goal. So that's less like because that was the big criticism last year when we shifted him to that, and was going always well, his output. As a big, but he's he's doing a lot of the work, you know, deep in the field, and he was playing the ten very well. But the problem is, is he's not in form, and now we've moved him a row back in the side. So the things that are the things that get you into form, sticking the ball in the back. Of I the think net, there's, there's also the fact that look, what might work for three or four other players. 
might not suit him as yeah. well. You know, I think he is a better nine than he is a ten, to be fair. He doesn't play the ten a lot. And I think when you go back to how he started at Liverpool, we weren't particularly enamoured with him in the ten either, were we? That's what he that's what he came into the side as. Maybe he's just having a little struggle in this league in the ten, but it doesn't really matter as long as teams are still worried about him, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And, and and Salah and Mane and Shakiri are all playing well. Uh, because it's about rotation now, it's about putting out the best side that you possibly can. He's still in that best side, he's still probably the best 10 that we've got, but it is very different. But I think people think because he's a false nine, the 10 should come naturally to him. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Well, you're playing, it's just you're completely facing different. a different direction. It's, yeah, exactly. It's just completely different. And, you know, You've got lads like midfielders who might be more tasked with tracking him because his starting position's different. It might be a lot easier to pull a defender and create space for Salah from the nine mm-hmm. than it is for the ten. So, wait and see. I mean, he's had two games yeah. there and almost, he looked, hasn't he? And he looked much better in midweek in the second half when, we, when, when he was in there because he just got to be a bit more involved. It might, might think He's got enough credit in the bank. Oh, 100%. I'm starting to see people t- a few people here and they're criticising about the internet's no barometer for dickheads, is it? Like, you know, but the... Um, my, I just think he looks tired, man. I, you know, I, I think he looks. I said this last week. He just looks a, a yard, half a yard slower. Mm-hmm. His touch is just a little bit less crisp than, than than it was at the start of the season. This is all perfectly understandable. But I also, for me, it's one of those things that makes sense when you see the the Minamino sign potentially yeah. is. Just having another lad who can come in and do a few, you know, it's telling that we've tried a few different lads in Firmino's position yeah. more so in the last twelve in the, in the last twelve months. Um, he might just be one of those lads who just could do with a couple of couple of weeks off. Really. Yeah, and I mean, until Minamino potentially comes in, he's he's not going to get it, is he? Unfortunately, you know, we've got it's 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 potentially the worst period of the season to, to be running on empty. And, and the thing is, you know, you can lord Divokarigi for. Great assists, such as the weekend, and you know, yeah. Um, but you know, it is a, it is a drop off, and, and the way for me, you know, whether he's playing in the ten or whether he's playing in the nine, for me, he's still just as important to this team, and the and the way the way he connects with the two wide fellas, and and that that I think is probably his most valuable asset to us. I think I think is 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 almost telepathic communication that he can have with them two and you know Origi doesn't have it on the same level so when you whether he's playing the 10 or playing the 9 you take him out of that side I, I do think we drop off I think I think you miss those it, those those fans who you know were complaining about him I think you'd miss him you know you know you, if, he, if he was taken out if you, if, you know say he lost into injury this week yeah. you know you, you, and and he had to play we had to play a run of games without him you'd notice that he was gone you know and not not just because he you know he like at the moment, you know, he's not scoring or whatever. But the little things that you now consider basic of Roberto Firmino, he, he wouldn't be doing on a regular basis. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, so, yeah, no, for me, at the end of a long year for him, you know, obviously we had a, we had a tough title running last, last season. He went and did the Corner of America and actually started the season by, you know, he hit the ground running this season. He probably expended a lot of energy yeah. doing that well, we and he's just probably run out of steam a little front, bit. We say this about the front three lads. They've all done the same. They've all gone Champions League, you know, half Champions League final, half break, loads of games in the season to the World Cup. Mm. Then they've come back, a very limited pre-season, whatever, coming to a full season, gone as deep as you can go in the full season, going to June, then going away and then a variety of Copa America, uh, AFCON, etc. No pre-season, come back in. And there's, they, you can tell, it's telling on all three of them, but at a different extent, Chris. Mane looks like he's handling it quite quite well. Salah's had a few little, uh, few little ups and downs. And look, is it really any surprise that Roberto Firmino's probably the one who's feeling no, it No, but most? I think, I feel, and I don't know whether this is true or not, but I feel it's been really well managed by the club mm. because they're not all crashing at the same time. Yeah. Um, mm. When when the other two lads were maybe not there, and Firmino and Salah, Mane was able to keep his performances up. It now looks like Salah's back, yeah. and Firmino's really taken maybe a, a back seat at the moment. And it wouldn't surprise me if Mane takes a dip and Firmino comes back in, yeah. because I, I feel like there's probably more to it than meets the eye yeah. almost. Yeah, like transformers. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing, the other thing that you know, Firmino do, did in that game. You could put any other player on our team in the position Firmino is in the build-up to our first goal and we don't score a goal. Mm-hmm. Because that overhead kung, fu kick, kung fu kick thing is pure Bobby Firmino. Yeah. And literally no other lad would be able to do that and yeah. release Mane. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we're 1-0 up essentially because of him and, and, and Salah and, and Mane. That's a very, very good point. Um, Mohamed Salah now has more goals uh, than Suarez and Torres. Uh, 84 goals in 126 games. It's so, mad how underappreciated he is. Yeah, yeah which is mad <laughs> because he also... Like he also is, but yeah, right, it's, not, the, it's the too cool for school stuff. It's it's about being like from Liverpool and stuff, and it's like everyone's on to him. He's got this massive following around the world, and it's like, oh yeah, but I prefer Bobby because he only scores six goals a season. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of got it feels like you know what I mean. It's yeah. like there's no reason for us not to have or to have almost fallen out of love with Salah because no. he's still fucking fantastic, yeah. and yet he I doesn't love, yeah. seem to have that love from from Liverpool. I love I I, demote, I like Mane more than Salah. Yeah. It, it's it's weird, mm. like, but it, it's mad. But, but he's, it, having, he's got the same amount of goals this season and he's had a shit year 
And yet Mane's playing as best as he's ever played. And we all love Mane. And it's like, hang on a minute, this yeah. lad's playing shit. That 44 goal season just completely skewed the, yeah. the expectations, didn't it? Yeah, you 100%. Know. I, I completely agree on that. But yeah, so yeah, Suarez 82 and 133, Torres 81 and 142. And I love, I actually probably love both of those lads more than, than, than Salah. And yet Salah is, is a better Liverpool goal scorer than, than, than both of those lads. It's, it's absolutely unreal. And you look at that. Let's just, well, let's look at both goals, to be fair, Ben. The first is, it's the kind of Salah goal that we've not seen for a while. And actually, to be fair... I don't think we've ever seen it with his right. Ex- yeah, exactly. We're coming into a point in the season where he's been toiling a little bit. And now all of a sudden, he's just started scoring goals with his right foot. That's three, his, three, his last three goals, all with his right foot. All absolute genius in complete and utter different ways. And again, not not to go all you know Twitter meme on it, like. But if that's any, if that's Messi or if that's any other mm. of the top players doing that with their weaker foot, you, I'm not saying people aren't going mad on it because we're doing we're here we're doing it right now. But we should rightly be going absolutely mad in a bit in the best possible way for it because he's just a, an absolute genius. Yeah, I think the, the first goal in particular is. Um... You know, he, he strikes it really well. We talked about it before. I think you know, I think the wind helps his case, but it's still it's still a really good strike. And to be honest, in in Salzburg in the week, he missed about half a dozen chances with his left foot. So I don't know what foot he is anymore. He's yeah. just he's just he's it. You know, he goes he goes and does that, and then scores the um, scores the goal with his right foot from that angle. So you know, he, he's he, he is he is really clinical when he wants to be. You know, he goes through periods of the season where he, he does become. This, you know, even the even the Bournemouth goal, you know, it, it, it looks like a simple goal because, yeah. but because because of the pass that Cater gives him, but you know, he takes his chance and he and he and he scores and and he and he does this consistently for for, for periods of the season, then he and then he will take dips. But you know, as you said before, that's where he's got his teammates around him, where you know the likes of, of Manny will get a goal instead. And I w- I'd love I'd love to know the stats. Particularly that first goal is Firmino to Mane to Salah. Or, you know, I'd love to know the stats around how, how many, many goals, how many goals uh, the combination is from one, two, three. Yeah. You know, you know, because because they, they, as I said before, you know, Firmino just seems to know where they are, and then Mane and Salah, you know, okay, they've had the problems with the with the passing and not passing or whatever, but they seem to be sorting that out because you know they're setting each other up and and um, they're and sorting it out for the better yeah. for the yeah, for, yeah. For, for the team, aren't they? I don't think there really are any issues. Because all they're about is winning as a team, and that's what it looks like. And that ball by Mane is sensational. The fact that he doesn't take a touch, the fact that he hits it first time, it's perfect for for Salah to get his body in front of the defender as well. Then he cuts back, and it, and, and and you know we talk about the right foot, Paul. It's something we've said for a few weeks now. Is he needs to just do that more. He needs to cut to his right foot because it will open up the left foot next game. Yeah. Because teams won't be teams will be worried about him cutting inside and doing that. Yeah, so that just that just makes his life easier. Yeah. And the fact that he's got the ability to stick it in the top bin anyway is, is, is unbelievable. And I mean, obviously, I don't know whether because he's playing central now. You're gonna you're gonna have to rely on your weaker foot more, aren't yeah. you? Because you're gonna get opportunities on both sides. You know, if you're playing from the right hand side, where you know traditionally he wants to cut in, he's playing narrow. Then you know, the, the it's almost a little bit easier to defend because you know he's gonna want to cut in on that left foot. But if he's now got the ability to use his right foot as well, if you're a centre back, you don't know which way he's gonna go, and and that makes my life far more difficult. Yeah, absolutely, just brilliant. I mean, like, yeah, nine goals in fourteen league games so far this season. Saturday, it's uh, better than Man- one in two when he's playing shit. Yeah, Mane's got nine and sixteen for us so far, and you know, and and, that, and that's the, the telling thing. And just that, obviously, just 
comparable. Obviously, Jamie Vardy's running away with it at the moment. 16 and 17 is ludicrous, isn't it? Um, but yeah, Guerrero and Sterling both on the same on the same number of goals. So you know, with, with you would imagine just more to come. You know, they're only going to get better as the, as the season progresses. But yeah, that that um, the, the second goal is it's as good an example of how much of a genius he is as his goal in, in against Salzburg, I think. You know, when it's because mm. it's it's impossible to score that goal against Salzburg. That's not it's not humanly possible to score with your right foot from that angle and yet he somehow managed to do it. And that one Divock <laughs> look, let's just let's just do it because it's it's unfair to Salah to say that it's a pass. It's a complete miskick from Divock Origi and Salah somehow, even though he's what, like a metre away from him, a metre and a half, two metres, whatever, he's very, very close, has the ball pinged at him and somehow manages to like cruy flick it through the guy's legs and into the back of the net. That's, again, once again, that's instinctive brilliance. I think he probably thinks he's offside and he's just titting about, to be honest. But even even if he's not, even if that's the case, that just that. When you when you train with the quality of players that Liverpool have, and you train with Adam Lallana week in week out, <laughs> yeah. right? That becomes a given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could for a rugby ball, couldn't he? Like you know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, it was it was. It's, it's it's scandalous. It's it's scandalous, and it shocked everyone in the ground. Yeah. And I think that's that that's something, isn't it? Like not not like shocked the way that he top in it with his right foot shocked. Um but shocked like, oh my god, has he just done that? Shocked like really? Like cause because anyone can swing a boot at something and it flies in. Yeah. But that is genius on another level. Yeah. That again, it's just that's the kind of stuff you see when the LFC TV put those like training ground videos out mm. and you see them just messing around. No pressure, nothing. Yeah. When you can see that done in training all the time because yeah. there is no pressure. Yeah. You're one nil up, you're having a tough game and you're still able to do that. Yeah. He's just put the game to bed with the most out ludicrous piece of skill, and it's a shame that that, that it had to be that had to be the goal to put it to bed, Ben, because I felt sorry for Sadio Mane be, and actually Jaden Jakiri, because I mean you can hear it in the commentary as well. Like that is a brilliant goal, wonderful goal, wonderful goal, fantastically worked. The second they dropped to Jakiri on the left, I, I, I was thinking. Barcelona. Yeah, I was just thinking he's just gonna put he's just gonna put this cross straight in again. I was I was actually looking. I was like, who's who's in the middle? Who's a who's a who's Where's Genie? Be? Yeah, where's Genie? Um such a shame. I mean, look, it's another one of those mad VAR things. We're not, not let's not waste too much time in there, Johnny, because it kind of is what it is at this point. But if they're saying it's an armpit thing. It is tight. And the angle that you armpit. see Armpit. Armpit. The angle that you see that they give on the VAR makes him look Less on side, less on, less offside than he. There's, but there's an angle on match of the day where they are looking right down it, and I think he's offside. Yeah, I think I think he's like the angle of view towards yeah. from, the, from the main stand, yeah. the wide view. He look, he does. He looks offside. So so he? for so for me, but but that's this is what confuses me about VAR. I know you, you know don't want to touch too much on it, but it's like why aren't they using that angle? Why are they using the angle that makes it look a lot tighter? To give the offside, I I I'm not sure exactly what, which angle it is you're talking about, but there is the 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 physics of where the cameras are and the type of lens yeah. that are being used. Whereas the VAR cameras are all in an exact straight line, and that's why they have like the fucking lines dropping down and stuff. So I tried to do it on the stat show the other day, and like Stay and Tom were in there, and they were trying to explain it to me, and it's fucking crazy because if you look at the if. It, Maybe I can do it on one of the statues, actually. Sometimes the six-yard line points that way and the edge of the area points that way and that's where you have to draw your lines from miles off the pitch to work out exactly how the line is straight. It's fucking bizarre. Yeah. So I think it's really misleading, mm -hmm. that camera angle, because you don't know. 
if that's a camera angle that they can use without doing yeah. all kinds of well, maths you don't, and you're stuff. Dead, right? Because you, your, your point is why they're using the one that makes it tight to make the point where but the point is that that's the one that's that the they, one they feel is the most accurate. Because you're dead, right? Because in all the analysis of it, when they go to the first replay, they looks, pause looks it. Looks a good shoulder off, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, look, he, look, he looks offside. Um, but then when they go into the into the into the close finer detail of it, and the thing, and it's been made by other people. It might even be Andy Gay points, and I'm low to kind of to, to back his points up. The image starts to blur. The more you zoom in, so what it's it's then what are you what are you what are you drawing it to? It's so fine about look, it doesn't matter because we won the game and it's not it's not a big deal, but it it's it's just uh, <laughs> it's ultimately my analysis on that one. Um and a shame for a shame for Shaq and a shame for Mane because it was a brilliant celebration. Virgil van Dijk did the the kick, the flying Bobby Firmino oh. Mane kick celebration, which you know the world was denied because it's not a proper not a proper goal. The one thing I, I was I was watching um, Sunday's games with my dad yesterday, and we were talking about it, and he was just like, "Again, it's the persistent point with VAR. We had no idea. None of us had a clue in the ground. Why that, you presume it's offside, but the specifics of how how it's how it's called checking goal it, exactly for me. Checking goal, checking goal, checking goal, no goal. Okay, well why? Because you just say checking goal for an offside. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Or are you just checking goal just to just canvas yeah. all of the things? Yeah. And then even if that's the case, just say, no goal, it was offside. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not a difficult thing. Mm. No, absolutely. Um, Alison Becker is an absolute wall. Yeah. Um, I, he's just magnificent. And this is why, you know, as much as we've got world-class forwards and midfielders and defenders and all that, when you have a world-class goalie, it affords you to have a game like this. When you do leak a few chances, and look, he he he's the reason we went we won that game. He's the reason we got a clean sheet. Yeah, and look, look, I think Liverpool tried it, didn't they? Where they bought Carriers for what was it like four million quid or something like that, uh, and we had to roll the dice big after that because we realised. I think Jurgen realised the difference that a world class keeper can make. I think you know we'd seen Claudio Bravo going at Man City for thirty million, and he'd seen Pep fuck him off dead quickly for another £30 million goalkeeper and what Edison brought to that Manchester City side Alisson's not only brought but I think he's exceeded what Edison's doing for Manchester City the one-on-ones is unbelievable like I'd, I'd, I'd much rather him being in a one-on-one situation than just I always feel like it advantage Alisson yeah. and it should never be advantage Alisson it doesn't matter what striker you are yeah he, he times it so well, like it's nuts. Because he spoke about it, didn't he, a few months ago, about how he waits for the defender to take one more touch and he then goes. It was last season. Yeah. It was after the Chelsea game with, with, with Ed Nazard mm. and he has that chance where he shuts, he shuts him down at Stamford Bridge. It's, it's dead right. And he's just huge. He's like the fucking yeah. marshmallow man, though. He makes himself bigger as he fucking goes out, <laughs> Absolutely. doesn't he? He's just... It's that thing. I think it's the Delafeo one where he gets a proper hand. Just yeah. hand just comes up and just this massive paw... Just stops the ball going past them. Um, absolutely incredible. And that again, this is it. You know, you've got to have everything going for you, Ben. And it's another example of how Liverpool just have everything right at the moment. Yeah, and it must be so frustrating for everybody else because they go, oh well, you know, they've lost centre backs to injuries, and you know, there's there was a moment obviously where you know Van Dijk has a wobble, doesn't he, where, yeah. where he plays that back pass, and so 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 they're not playing particularly well, they're not defending particularly well, and then suddenly. There'll have been a period in that game where you know maybe City fans begin to you know get pay attention to it you know mm-hmm. because because Watford was created some chances and and Leicester fans as well, um, but then you know in games where we're not playing particularly well you know you, you've got a goalkeeper then who 
it's it, it's funny how form works for goalkeepers because they they can just it seems as if they just the probably the most consistent players on the pitch, aren't they? In the set in the yeah. sense of you know unless they make an absolute howler for me, you know, Allison. When was the last time he had a, a bad game? You know, in the sense you know with like disregarding like two weeks ago like, when he got sent off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this, but this, no, but this Prior to that, but disregarding like major mistakes that, and this is the thing with goalkeepers when they do make big mistakes, then you know it's obviously magnified. So I'm getting sent off the Man United mistake last season, the Leicester mistake. But in a game, there's no particular games where you know you think, oh, he's, he's like had a consistently bad game there. You know it's what I mean? Even, I don't know whether there's definitely that, but there's also this again. This the, I've mentioned it before, but like the. The aura that him and Virgil van Dijk mm. have mm. that makes you think twice. Have a hair at this. Yeah, the people have to go for the top bin. You've got to be perfect. You can see it in like Will Hughes strides forward and he's he knows he's got to put it bottom corner or top corner and he skews it wide. And it wouldn't shock me if the corner and Sarah are exactly the same going. I have got to put this. There's a teeny tiny window of the best possible place I can put this in. It might not even work. Even if I do that, I've got to be. Pe- oh, I've missed the ball completely. Oh, well, never mind. Move on. Um, it's like the pens on Pro Evo, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they're going for the top bin and it, the circle gets wider and they just you have more chance of missing it yeah. because you go in for yeah. the tougher areas of the, of, of the goal. Like, and 100%. David De Gea had it. I think you're exactly right to point that out. Allison's got it. Edison's got it. Um, and he must just strike fear into the hearts of strikers to the point where they don't really know what they should be doing because they kind of try everything mm-hmm. and nothing ever seems to work. Absolutely. Uh, so eight years ago, we finished the season with three less points than we have today. It's mid-December. Um, that's how good we are right now, isn't it magic? Um, just quickly, the roundup. then. Obviously, Leicester drew one all with Norwich. Thank you very much, Team Pucky, who had slagged a little bit in the week, saying that no one else good put parties anymore. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah just cheat them up, Chris. Um, <laughs> and City absolutely wiped the floor with Arsenal. And did you see De, De Bruyne's first goal? The one where he hit it into the top of the net. The way he just <laughs> side-footed it on the volley into the top bin. Just he had it. another effort, didn't he, where he hit the post? He's just for miles out. He's and I, I, what he'd I be love, great for us. Yeah, he would. He would be fantastic. He'd be great for, for anyone, I think. Yeah. He, um, I are, we, can, are, are people forensically analysing the fact that City are 14 points behind us yet? Or are they still just blaming it on a few injuries? Probably injuries, isn't it? Yeah, it's okay. probably injuries' fault. Because no. like, if it was the other way round, like, you know there'd be a lot of media looking at what Liverpool did wrong in the summer, but no. Okay, Sad, just saying. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah, nobody seems to, nobody seems to think of it that way. Um, still blaming company. Probably company, all companies' fault, to be fair, mate. Probably. Um, Mad, isn't it? Because didn't he tell them that he was leaving? It's probably Pellegrini's fault, isn't it? <laughs> Still. I don't remember us blaming Ger- the fact that Gerard retired last season for us not getting the extra point, Paul. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Man City are the same. The anyway. distance between us and Man City is the same distance between them and 12th place, Burnley. Um, What's the one if you had City and Everton points up? Where are they? <laughs> they still behind, they still behind us as well. Great, I love it. I love it all. Um, right, so we'll wrap up there. Um, the Champions League draw is looming, or will have passed. Glad to have you watch this. Um, big shout out though. We've got an exclusive interview with Liverpool legend Emil Heskey on the RedmenTV.com. He was uh, sat down with me in the studio, talking through his life and times, uh, coming through the ranks at Leicester, getting the call from Liverpool, and then how he how he settled into living life, the treble. Fowler, Owen, all that kind of stuff. Brilliant stuff. It's completely exclusive uh, on the RedmenTV.com. There's a free bit on the YouTube channel if you want to check that out first. But yeah, head over there. It's completely free for the first month. And uh, I'll see you over there. Ta-da. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.